season one, episode three of Behind the Bookcase. I'm Bianca. I'm Ivy. And I'm Allie. We are coming to you from Forest Grove Elementary School. We are sixth graders that are a part of a culture of readers. As a culture of readers, our goal is to share amazing titles with you because we want to promote extraordinary stories and ideas. Yep, our culture of readers is all about seeing and living through different perspectives. This helps us gain an understanding of how we might not agree with someone, but we have to try to understand with a wide perspective to see both sides and why they believe that idea. So let's get into the book. The book we are talking about today is The List by Patricia Ford. Here's the process. We actually got to interview her. Let's listen. Yeah, this is a very unromantic answer, Bianca, because I do remember the night I sat down and I'd been writing picture books and I thought I should write a novel. I'd really like to write a novel. And I'd been reading uh, The Hunger Games and a few other dystopian sort of things. So that was in my head. And the very first scene that I wrote, I wrote that night. I have a funny way of writing. Often it's an image that comes to me first. And that night when I started thinking, what could I write? And you know, if I want to write a novel and I want to write dystopia, for some reason, the image that came to me was a young girl selling words in a shop. And I started thinking about that and trying to unravel it and think, why would somebody be selling words? And as you know, by the time the book got written, she wasn't selling them, she was giving them. But that was my first thought. And the very first scene I wrote is that scene very early on in the list where Marlowe first comes into the shop and he's been shot. Um, and the cards fall from her hands and, she's, and we say all the colors. And the last one was gunmetal blue. And when I wrote the scene, I was so excited I remember it well, I remember the evening really well. I ran upstairs to my husband to say, read this. I think it's really good. And he said, yeah, you always think it's really good. <laughs> so he read the scene, he said, I think it's really good. But then of course, I hadn't a clue. I didn't know what it was about. I just knew that this boy had come in, he'd been shot, he was talking to this girl, she was giving away words. Um, and then it took me, I'd say nearly three years to figure out what the whole thing was about. Wait, before I move on, we should tell our audience more about how we had the incredible opportunity to interview the author. She graciously gave us an hour of her time so we could dig deeper into her writing process. Speaking of which, I just remembered a fact about the list that Patricia Ford shared with us. What is it? Did you know... Did you know what? That the list is called the wordsmith in Ireland, which is different from what we call the book in the USA. The word wordsmith means a skilled user of words. That is such an interesting fact, isn't it? So what you're saying is some books have different titles in different countries, like The List? Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. That makes sense, because in the book, Letta has a limited amount of words, so she has to communicate with the limited words the word keeper allows. Oh my, could you imagine having a limited amount of words to speak? You'd probably sound like a robot. Back to the interview. That was such a profound opportunity. Oh wait, let's stay on topic. Why don't we talk truth? Speaking of truth... Remember the conversation Marlo and Letta had earlier in the book? By the way, Marlo and Letta are main characters. Huh? What was that again? Could someone refresh my memory? Of course, Bianca. Yeah, on page 29, Marlo and Letta are talking. Marlo mentions a dream he had. Letta tells him it's just because of a fever. For the context, Marlo's sick. Marlo answers with, There's always truth in dreams. We just have to figure out what they mean. That's all. I remember now. This quote proves how someone's message can influence anyone or themselves. 
For example, it proves how believing in, in something can change everything. You might just see dreams as something unworthy, something that takes up time and space in your head. But in reality, beneath the dream, there is always a layer of truth. It causes you to dream about it, wonder about it, and to think about it. Something else I can't stop thinking about is the idea of truth. I mean, freedom. When I first read the book, I did not realize that the word freedom was not meant to be thrown around, well, so freely. In some countries, people don't have the same level of freedom we do. Freedom is complicated, so complicated that people cannot own what they do. They are forced into a job and can't control who they really are. They have no choice. The protagonist in the story and everyone else around her has lost the freedom to use certain words. Letta mentions that the words hope and freedom are all against the law. The word keeper, John Noah, removed all of what he considered unnecessary words. That's crazy. We should all be able to express ourselves verbally. The word keeper only lets everyone communicate on his terms. Trisha Ford was inspired by her own experiences when writing this book. In Ireland, it's not called the list. It's called the wordsmith. Um, and my thought process in starting it, um, I live on the west coast of Ireland. I'm on the edge of an Irish speaking district. So further west for me is all Irish speaking. So I've grown up with the Irish language as a second language all my life. But it is a minority language and very few people speak it now. So I started thinking about the fact that this language that I've known and loved all my life is gradually and slowly dying. And I wondered how many words would we have to lose that, and we would still have a language. And that got me thinking about words and how important they were and how they're like an archeology span of a culture. And if we lost words, how much we would lose. So when I started thinking about that, I started imagining a world in which words were a commodity. Words were only something you could have in a certain way and that there would be a cap on how many words you could have. That was a great quote. I agree. Words are necessary. They help us communicate with each other. Without them, we'd be put in distress. Can you even imagine being forced to limit your language? Language fading away isn't just in fiction. It's sad how language and tradition can disappear. Yeah, personally, I'm thankful for my freedom because I have the right to be myself, say what I want to say, not how someone wants me to be. If I did not have freedom, I would freak out because I'd be told what to wear, what my religion is, and whether or not to go to school. This book really opened up my eyes to the real world and its differences because every single town, city, and even country is different. Now I will be more careful when pondering the importance or idea of freedom because it has layers upon layers beneath it. Hopefully you ponder on this too. I never thought about it like that. Is that all we have left to share? Before we leave, let's recap. Freedom is complicated in many ways and finding the truth has layers and layers. Words matter. Words help us communicate and helps us express ourselves, which ultimately ties back to freedom. We should have the freedom to speak, to share ideas, and make a difference and to be you. A huge thank you to Patricia Ford for giving us her time and for writing the list. We are the most grateful. Now are we finished? Yes, in this podcast. We come back for more talks about great books like City Spies, Starfish, and many more. As we sign off, this is Allie, Bianca, and Ivy from Behind the Bookcase. 
Thank you for listening because we care about our COR community. Bye! Bye.